Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. It's snowing out. It's on the 19th of May. It's kind of old at this point. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm bitter, but bitter. a little bitter. Yeah. A little angry at God right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't go there, but you know, Bob Shaw. Yeah, come on, Bob. Get sure. it together, man. <laughs> Snow squalled. <laughs> you call this sparkling? <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Not sparkling? Yeah. Day. Yeah, Bob. Bob just needs to fix. Just fix the weather, Bob. I yeah. think this is it. Like at least looking at my ten-day forecast, it's, it's looking, looking more. I don't know. We said that after the last time too, though. Oh, well, let's see. But that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Jesus is enough. <laughs> that's right. And we're all, we're satisfied in that. Uh, tonight is their Thursday. That's the only announcement I can think of to throw out there. But they're barbecue and hamburgers in the snow so coming <laughs> yeah. we don't have to stand out there with them but i guess uh, dave and rick are going to be flipping burgers for us so oh, yeah. so that'll be nice that is nice yeah. six o'clock here at the three R location yep burgers are good brandon's giving this testimony yeah john brandon mm-hmm. so yeah that'll be good and then the camp out's coming so like get signed up for that and make sure that i think there's full there's a sign up for that so oh. anyway i don't know whatever i was just Gonna ask if there actually was a sign up. Papers. Yeah, we announced it. Yeah, she uh, yeah. she sat there at the back table last week yeah, and cool. we announced it and a few people signed up and so cool, cool. Yeah, so come sign up for that. We'll pack them in. Right. Are there limited spaces like you need to sign up so you get a spot? That's kind that... of the rad thing about this. Like, there's a lot of problems with this place, but one of the benefits is that um, like it's just a huge space yeah. and you pretty much just fit as many people in as you can. Nice. Right? So it's a little, it's a little dusty, you know. But uh, yeah, kind of just like part. It. It's a nice spot. Yeah, it's cool, and it's close to a lot of cool things. So, but we don't have the whole thing this time. The year before, we went there before, we had both campsites, yeah. and now we just have one. So yeah. we'll have neighbors, but yeah, you know, that's probably good. That's all right. Yeah. Hopefully, the neighbors will be cool with our rowdiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get it a little out of hand. <laughs> if Eugene makes another bomb, they might confront us. But yeah. <laughs> I heard that on Sunday that we watched. It was. It, you remember that, right? I have a picture of it, dude. I took a picture of it on my phone, and every once in a while, like, it'll come across when my when my slideshow's going on my desktop. It'll just, like, that picture will go across, and it's just these fire pits, like six of them in a circle with all the propane tanks running to the middle and piled up, like, in the middle. <laughs> and um, it was like, yeah, what? Well, yeah, what you know, could go wrong? Yeah. It, it seemed like we just <laughs> looked at it. Pure though. brilliance. This is not, this isn't going to work. It was <laughs> rad. We had, like, Yank them all the way out as far as we could away from the fire pits. But, right. yeah. <laughs> but it was a classic door moment. It was good. Yeah, thanks. It was good. Fireworks. Were, someone brought fireworks. I think it was Dan. And then we had like the like the Rose kids. <laughs> Some of the younger kids were all just riding around on like motorcycle, like dirt bikes the whole time. Like we were yeah. like a ruckus group. Like <laughs> if someone was next to us, it would have been a problem. There's no doubt about it. I think fireworks are right out now. I don't think you can. Yeah, county, well, they, they were out there. Yeah, they, 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 were, they, were <laughs> they were not a legal thing at the time. Yeah. So it was like. But this year we're going to be on our best behavior. For sure. It's all going to go. We're going to be good witnesses. The riffraff's all out of here now. <laughs> Probably not true, but it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, well, looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. We ready to go? What's on the agenda today? What are we doing Pastor today? David? We came up with a couple questions here. Who came up with these questions? <laughs> uh. Did you come I, up with them? Let, let's go on record. I'm just kidding. I, 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 I didn't come up with them. I don't think you came up with them. No, it wasn't me. Like, I thought it was, like, cute, like, a good idea when I came up. Well, like, the, the second one I'm down with. The first one, though, like, I thought it was kind of like, oh, this is cool, you know. And then once I started looking at it, I was like, that was dumb. Like, why did I do that? You know what I mean? So, well, uh, what's done is done. So let's One of those questions I, I assume people, you know, want to know about. So, uh, on the heels of last week where we talked about a little bit about uh, progressive crit- progressive, if I can say it correctly, Christianity, and uh, the way that we tend to, um, you know, date the Bible and kind of push its authority into the back seat when it comes to what culture's doing and society's doing, that was my thinking on this first 
question, just to qualify it. Was this is this is one of those prehistoric, um, you know, old-fashioned the Bible is you know outdated type of verses, and so I was curious. Right. The listeners at home are curious as to what you guys think about this. But we, Chad and I, and you, you're not getting out of this. I don't have any thoughts. Um, yeah. I'm going to reserve my thoughts till the end. No, no, so, you're not. I think it's actually, it, it really is something to rejoice in. in that actually, that we're, the day. So I, we're just making light of this. But yeah, we are making light but, of this. So. But, it's gonna be, but we should pray. So let's do that. Yes. Yes. Um, Father, we, uh, we thank you that we get to spend some time just in your word and talking about things that are important to you and important to the church. So we pray that you would give us wisdom and humility as we discuss these things. And so um, uh, be, let this be edifying to the church as mm-hmm. well. Uh, we just seek to, to be encouraged by you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me cough. <coughs> there we go. All right, let's go to Peter. Let's go to First Peter. We're going to open our Bibles today and do some picking. I have it on my computer, but that counts. No, you have to. Listen, Brent. If you I can't, do too, but I'm still. Going you can't to feel it, and then the most important part is <laughs> going like this, smelling <laughs> the pages, the leather, the fake leather. <laughs> In my case, the the, the plastic. Uh, where are we? Three, First Peter chapter three. There is this verse with an interesting statement, which we will discuss. And uh, it speaks to women first in, in 3, and then uh, in verse 7 it speaks to men, which says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And so the question is, what does the Bible mean when it refers to women as the weaker vessel? Because that's, that's, that's a diss, right? Yeah, I think in today's in today's culture, this sounds like those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Um, even that you would make a distinction of any kind between a man and a woman are kind of fighting words today. And so, so to go on record and say, well, this this one is a weaker vessel, right? Um, it's problematic for many people. Sure. That's problematic. That's old fashioned. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Patriarchal. Yeah, depending on who you talk to. So I think the big question, and this is kind of where a lot of, you know, people might do different things with it because it seems like something that we should apologize for or try to explain or get God off the hook for or whatever. What does it mean? What does Peter mean or what does the Holy Spirit mean when it says weaker vessel? What does it mean by weaker? Actually, you know what? What does it mean by vessel? Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) When I think of just the the body that you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, the man, the man is, has, has a body and the, the woman has a body and they are uniquely biologically different mm-hmm. regardless of what people like to say. And, and one is designed um, differently than the other and happens to be weaker. And I think that's just the, the most common yeah. way to understand this verse is that uh, men typically are stronger than women. And, and again, this is one of those things where there's some women out there that, that scare me a little bit. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, as far as, the, you know, the amount of strength they have. And there's, there's people that have, you know, but in general, general truth. Yeah. Sure. General truth is that um, men are stronger. Than yeah. Women. So we're probably yeah. talking about um, body. Then. I think physical strength yeah. is the most obvious thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing that makes sense. That's yeah. meant here. And again, this is all in the context of marriage. Yes. Um, you know, and so you you know this is uh, Paul instructing the church on how to have a good marriage and a successful marriage, and there's a difference between men and women in this regard. And as men, he's making sure that just because you're stronger doesn't mean that you can dishonor your wife or treat her poorly yeah, or right. or even be frustrated with the differences or whatever you know this is something that you know God is expects a lot from you in this in this yeah, yeah. that's well, really, so to, yeah. to be you know considerate you know, to consider your wife and that to consider you know the, the strength of the women the weakness of the women and, and to live in consideration of that sure. yeah so if the vessel is is basically the physical housing um, is that kind of the conclusion that I mean, I think that's the... And I mean, there's wiring, obviously, that goes on inside of us yeah. because of the physical housing. You know, we have different chromosomes, females and males, and all that plays into our physical makeup. And I mean, this is kind of touchy, perhaps, but yeah. I think there's even some some other ways you could look at this. Um, I, I know men typically tend to be 
um, more logical and, and almost cold when it comes to certain certain Ooh, things. Cold. Well, you know what I mean. No, I we just we just look at things right. as cold hard facts mm -hmm. and, and and emotion. I'm not trying to say women are just you know being emotional as weak because I think that's a mistake to say that. Sure. sure. I, I would even go. To, I would point this out real quick that <laughs> I don't think these things are something that it's like there's a positive and a negative here. I think when we hear strength and weakness, we think positive right. and negative. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's, what's that's being, a good. Distinction. Well, actually, actually, that's going to come out clear, I believe. As we okay. unpack this entire verse, yeah. I just want to start with weaker yeah. vessel okay. with that with that phrase. So we are we are going to get yeah. to, to what. But, you're but as far as the you know, there could be an instance where you would say that um, um, uh, the man might be more apt to handle situations that come up, sure, um, because of his makeup. You know, and and the truth is, even women might be more apt to handle things better because of her makeup as right. well. Well, these but, this would be a generality, whatever we're correct. saying, right? It's yeah. not like every case because everyone sure. can point to someone in their life and be yeah. like, "I know this woman's like stronger than me here," or "This woman's actually yeah. um, uh, more calculated in her mind and stable in this situation." But it's generality, generally yeah. speaking. But I guess what I've seen is there's times when when a family will just get this devastatingly crushing news, and somehow a lot of times the man can. Can kind of weather that, yeah, there. Yeah, navigate and it. so he's the stronger vessel, the pillar, so to speak. He has to deal with this for his family, um, and I think God has equipped us to be that way. So, so there's that sense of stronger and weaker. Sure. So, so, so physically, for sure, just our right. our physical makeup. Also, maybe um, emotionally, um, maybe is what we're we're saying. And yeah. that doesn't mean that, that men are yeah. smart or smarter than women, <laughs> but they but women tend to be wired to to think, react, respond, live out. On more of an emotional level, would you? Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a, a general truth. Which yeah. which can be good at times, but also not helpful at times. It could be a weakness yeah. too. Well, on the other side, it was just like you know, kind of the logic of a man. Like it could be good sometimes, bad sometimes too. Sure. Right, depending on the situation. So to your point, um, you know, there, there there's a complementary nature yeah. right here to to the way that, that men and women are made up by God's good design. Sure. Well, and that's really, I think, what Paul's pointing out here is that men or women are different, and, and it's not a bad thing. Right. It's actually going to be a helpful thing right. as, we, as we consider it. So. so how about even creative order? Like, would that um, play into this? So yeah. Paul obviously talks a lot about this in his epistles when it comes to created order, uh, creative order, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 1 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 11, for Christ is the head of the man, the man is the head of the woman, when he's speaking... Um, you know, with that sequence, he's he's speaking as far as creative order. That there yeah. is a chain that God God has ordained of of headship or of right. leadership, and so in that sense, the woman would be a weaker vessel. Yeah. When it comes to position, like position, position, and necessarily, if you've got a head of the home, then you've got somebody that's that's you know been given a different role in that yes. relationship. Then yeah. necessarily, they are the yeah. in the weaker position. And of course, talk about something outdated and yeah. something that's unacceptable, well, <laughs> something yeah, that's it's, stupid. It, that doesn't mean that women are less capable. Right. That they're not as smart, like you already said. I mean, right. that doesn't. It's not talking about value or even ability necessarily. It's right. just talking about God-given roles. Yeah, roles. Sure. And and I think that sometimes men have abused this in a way that isn't helpful. Absolutely. Um, yep. taking, taking this role of like I'm superior yep. because I'm just better, and that's just not true. You're you're right. superior because God said you are. Exactly. And not even superior, but I mean in this role, because God's again it doesn't based on like I've earned this yes. or that I'm you know, it's just He's He's wired us differently in that. So let's go ahead and, and go to that then. So so we believe that like you know weaker vessel could in, you know it could be encompassing of multiple things. Like there's yeah. there's different ways that the that the woman is. Is weaker and it, it just says it you know what I mean like we, we can again we can try to get God off the hook or say like that's a horrible translation it's, it's not like that's just a, tr right. a biblical truth statement yeah. uh, it, it's true this is what uh, God in the Bible reveals to us is that women are weaker than men in ways okay we don't have to like it but it's it's true let's go to the men's side of it and why this thing that actually seems negative on the woman actually gets inverted in context to something liberating for the woman. And that is when we now look at the man and what he's actually saying to the man here, right? Because we have a truth statement about women here and them being the weaker vessel, but we have a, another truth statement that requires obedience on the part of the man in light of the woman being weaker, which is that what do we do with that? As men who are maybe stronger in ways, right, uh, what do we do with knowing and understanding that the woman is weaker, and he says, of course, to uh, honor them, which is 
completely liberating yeah. for the woman. And this, is, this again, could, yeah. can be taken so wrong, but when you look at what it's actually saying, this is actually uh, it go, this is, uh, going for the woman, not against the woman um, as far as the man. And like you said, a lot of men, uh, we're competitive by nature. You know, we got that testosterone. How do you say it? Testosterone. Testosterone. Is that that like a gas or oil product? (laughs) I don't know. So we we love war. We love conquering. We love competition, right? Um, I don't know about you guys. I I grew up playing soccer. ASO, Southern California. I was a left winger, so I would always... I don't even know what that means. uh, uh, Left forward? Voted for Biden. Dude, bro. (laughs) Bro. I, I know almost nothing about soccer. Okay, so just uh, I was a forward, front yeah. line, left side because okay. I could I could kick with both with both feet fairly well. But I would look at the their defender, the guy that would be defending me the whole game, and try to find his weaknesses so that I could exploit them, right? <laughs> so that I could just take him to task all day and like frustrate him and and of course um, succeed over him, triumph over him. And so like a lot of times men will do this when we see something weaker. Uh, we see it as an opportunity to exploit right. the weakness, which is yeah. where you were going earlier. And, and Peter's actually saying, like, you have there, there's no room for that here. It's actually the opposite. Because you see weakness, you do the opposite of exploitation. You actually elevate and honor yeah. this person. Yeah. So. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think that's something that, um, again, if you see an emotional weakness or physical weakness is something that can be taken advantage of. And that this is your opportunity to kind of intimidate and control. Uh, you're completely going against what the, God's biblical design for marriage is. Yeah. There's just no place for that in biblical marriage at all. Right, right. But the idea of honor is to hold something in really high esteem. Almost, uh, you know, you're just shocked that you have this thing in your life. Yes. And, and you treat it, uh, you know, like it's just something delicate, something, something so precious. valuable, something yes. so precious. Yes. Um, and, and I think you see that even sometimes in, in, in nature when you have something that is you know, something that's strong and something that's weak or this, this, this tenderness and this care that comes right. from that. I mean, you know, I mean, you could, a lion or something could just wipe right. something out and yet you see this, this compassion and care. And, and I think that that's the way we're supposed to do as men is right. tender. I think oftentimes T- for, for people, like their starting point is that I'm not that and I want to be that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. R- rather than accepting that, you know, God has designed men and women the way that he's designed them and celebrating the way God has designed them, it's like, well... I want to be stronger or I want to be even more logical or I want to be more emotional or whatever. And, and, you know, we're kind of bitter about the things that we're not rather than (laughs) celebrating the things that that we are, you know, by God's good plan. Exactly. And and I think our starting point with the biblical worldview is that God has intentionally designed men and women the way that he has. Yeah. And that it's all to be celebrated. I mean, not our our sin and our flaws and those things, but just generally the way God's designed men and women is something to be celebrated. Absolutely. Not something to say that God made a mistake and that, that, that we need to be different. Well, and that's the cool thing is when you see, uh, like I, I talked to my wife about this. It's a, the interesting thing is all three of us are married to pretty strong women, mm-hmm. I would say, and, and you know they know it, and we know it. And, and but when I talked to her about this, I'm married a, to the strongest one. Well, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> all of them in our wrestling. <laughs> but I, but the, the comfort that my wife takes in accepting this role that God's given her, knowing that the buck, you know, he's he's called me to be. I don't want to say the buck stops here, but I mean I I'm the one that has to deal yep. with things, you know, as far as protecting, providing. Um, you know, they obviously add to those things, you know, and they add a lot into our relationship in that regard. But at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to stand before God and answer. Yep. And it's my responsibility to to provide, protect, to love my wife, to care for her, all those things. Right. And that's a comforter to know that. She yes. likes being in that, okay, good, I like this position. This sure. is good. You're in the crappy position, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm in kind of the nice one. And when you accept that, you know, and not challenge God on it, but just say, you know, that it's kind of cool the way it works. Yeah. And again, you can't, you know, I've heard this years ago, but a two-headed monster or a two-headed marriage is a monster. And I think that we, we like that idea of, you know, you've got two heads in a marriage. Well, that's not going to work. You know, at some point you have to have a clearly defined role. It's funny that you said that because we're actually going to go to that, not even on this subject, but on our next subject. Oh. The, the very text is Jesus is being accused oh, right. in what he's doing. And, and his whole thing is like, how can a house yeah. that's against itself, like, stand? Like, yeah. <laughs> a divided house yeah. can't stand, right? And and a lot of times you have that in marriage. If you got two people that are that are vying for fighting for the exact same position, there's going to be nothing but turmoil and and pain and damage done. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and that's yeah. the point of that this text is not meant to crush Correct. or to take away. It's meant to build up and encourage and right. strengthen a marriage. Right. That's what this the whole point of this is. Right. And so God has given us the blueprints in order to do that. Right. And we need to you can you can you can say, forget that and right. go your own way. Yeah. But again, this is a blessing to us if we if we receive it as God's intended it. Right. So, so at the end of the day, like everything, it's a matter of faith. Right? Do, do we trust what God says is good? Yeah. Um, when it says live with her in an understanding way in the text, why does why does he say that? Why does he add? Because they're hard to understand. Because <laughs> they're from Venus, and, or wait, which one is it? We're from Mars. I, I like that because it's it, you know the truth is that you know we're we're not very complex. We don't get each other. We're not complex individuals. Right. Right? No, we're, we're generally pretty like you know single cell organisms. <laughs> just being honest. Uh, women can have just a ton of things going on at the same time, and we're kind of you know one thing at a time yeah. type people. We're not complex. I don't mean that you know we're just we focus on one thing pretty well. Yeah. Um, there's times when because you can't understand them, you could become frustrated with that. You could become irritated right. by yeah. it, and it's sometimes right. we, we you know we do. I do that, yeah. and he say no. You know what, guys, you need to live with them and understanding the way they're different than you. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be times you don't get it. You're going to want to maybe even you know try to squelch it. That's that's not okay. Yep. Um, I've made them different, and this is a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What's at stake if we um, if we don't seek to live in an understanding way with our wives? Frustration. Okay. And yeah. More frustration. <laughs> yeah. Even just a, a marriage that really doesn't model yeah. <laughs> a marriage that doesn't model the gospel and that, that yeah. won't last. Um, sure. You know, and that's one of the things I don't think we realize. Once you know, when you look at the roles God's given us in marriage, of, of you know, Christ is the head of the church, and the church is called to submit. Um, to Christ, and, and the, you know, he has those same roles in marriage. But the interesting thing is, Christ is—he's fulfilled both of those things. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's the head of the church, but he's also—if you look at Philippians two—he's modeled what wives are supposed to do as well. Yeah. So he gives both of those things for us, mm-hmm. and they're—you know—they're both Christ-like to fulfill those roles. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, even though we're different, we uh, we have the same hope ahead of us. We have the same reward ahead of us. Um, he makes that clear here they're they're they know this that they're co-heirs with you of eternal life right and so even though we see maybe a, a difference in position or levels of position or headship um on earth that again it doesn't devalue the value that yeah. god has for each gender eternally mm-hmm. you know by his grace which is cool so there's a, there's always this very interesting you know little, little tag on the end of this right that i think is maybe maybe debated um, which is so that your prayers may not be hindered. So we're to live in an understanding way. We're to honor our wives, uh, knowing that they're co-heirs with us of the grace of God, uh, uh, so that their, our prayers may not be hindered. What's that? What that mean? The heck is Peter's name? <laughs> How would our prayers be hindered by not doing these things? I think there's something that's disingenuous for the person who says, God, I'm, I'm not going to live the way that you've, Call me to live, but I want you to help me with these other things or do these other things for me. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I'm going to have you know not have faith in this area, but then I'm going to you know try to exhibit faith over here. Like there's a disconnect mm-hmm. there. Okay. Uh, I think in that, and it makes you know our prayers you know disingenuous. Can make our prayers disingenuous. Well, and it, I mean, let's just call it what it is. If you're dishonoring your wife and not loving her the way Christ loved the church, that's sin. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're doing that and not repenting of it and not tra- you know and still expecting God to answer your prayers, it's just a silly thing to right. think. Yeah. Like you know, start treating your wife the way I've asked you to, buddy. If you're yeah. going to come to me and ask for help, right? You know? So when we're when we're disobedient, no matter what it is, when it, we're clearly walking in disobedience because it's sin, it it does affect our relationship yeah, with the sure. Father. I mean, that's not rocket science. Do you think there's any any validity to an implication of it affecting your sins being with your wife? That that one of the things that we ought to be doing is washing our wife not only with the word but in prayer. If we're leading our wives in a godly way and in a you know in a God glorifying way, we're gonna be that's one of the things that's gonna be um, like central in our relationship with our wives is prayer with our wives. Um, do you think there's maybe any truth to that in what Peter's saying? That it actually affects our prayers oh, together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, even the fact that you, you probably wouldn't even pray together if you're treating each other like garbage, you know. Sure. Um, uh, but I, again, I think this goes back to kind of the practical application of what this looks like um, as, as the man in the, in the position of this stronger role. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're doing the things that we're called to do by nurturing, you know, not nurturing, but you know, protecting, providing, making her feel safe, and all those kinds of things, yeah. um, it, it kind of 
there's respect that happens from her to you. There's love that happens from you know. This is a godly marriage the way it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. when that thing, when those things are like moving the way they're supposed to, it's a good thing. Absolutely. So, and I was you know I was thinking like uh, this. This is a little thing, but like a little example of uh, my kids used to try to take advantage of my wife when I was not at home. They, yeah. would, they would they would treat her like garbage. Yep, yep. And and you know I remember just I would lose my stuff over this and to the point where I would you know like I would lose my cock out of this. Um, whereas if they if they disrespected my wife, I mean you can ask any one of my kids and they know it. My wife will not be disrespected by you. Right. And that that what that did for Joy and what that did for the kids was a model this thing of like this is somebody I this is sure. my wife I honor her. You will not talk to her this way. You will not treat her this way. Right. This is non-negotiable. Right. And that was just one of those areas of um, she appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, the kids learned from it too. And it, yeah. that's just one little kind of a thing, but right. But I, at the end of the day, I mean, don't we love femininity? I mean, don't we, don't do. we just love? Right. I love. We celebrate it. Yeah, and yeah. Yes. Thankful for it. Yeah. I'm glad my wife is not, you know, yeah. a manly, yeah. masculine. I don't want that. <laughs> Me at all. too. Last night, it's funny. We're we're laying in bed. I'm basically. I just <laughs> I just fell asleep. And um and uh, the dog starts going crazy, and we're hearing some noises outside, and we're like, what the heck? And it's like, you know, after eleven o'clock at night, right? And um, I was thinking, I was thinking of this that that my wife doesn't just you know get up and grab a gun. And I mean, my wife, my wife's a, a go getter in certain ways, but um, it, that it's like like, honey, what's going on out there? And it's like, stay put. You know what I mean? Let me go check this out. You know what I mean? And and it, I'm happy to be able to do that. I'm happy to be able to protect her and, right. and be the one who's got to put myself between potential danger and my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so the fact that we're we're protectors. Um, is a rad thing because we love and honor who it is, what it is they are. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like my wife is really stinking capable. Yeah. Um, she can do she can do things that I, she had to teach me how to do a lot of things that men are supposed to know how to do. Yeah. Um, fixing walls and you know things. I mean, it's kind of crazy. She does more of the home improvement stuff. Yeah. She loves that stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she is completely feminine and and yeah. um, and she's a lady and, yeah. and I love that. I mean, if she wasn't that way, it would be really weird right. my wife is a good mix of both she's definitely yeah. a girl a girly girl through and through but I, I do remember the last time we went down to Ladi, which we get bear bear come into camp every single night and uh, we had this one bear that visited us every single night for five nights while we were there sorry and um, my wife would get out when we'd hear this bear in the middle of the night and this thing was huge we got a picture of it this thing was a monster and she would throw the door open and start screaming at it and come after it with a broom and everyone else is just like locking their doors right. and like hunkered down and the grandkids in the tent that'll do it no uh, levi was the only one in a tent and i told him every night like do not take any food into your tent dude like you're, you're gonna regret it but my wife's just out there going and, and there's sometimes i look at that and it's it's kind of cute and funny to me that she she also is kind of like no nonsense that way yeah. but she you know she's a she's a woman <laughs> I just think it's a, it's important in our to, in this day and age to celebrate the way God has made us different, yeah, absolutely, and, and to rejoice in the well, fact that's the whole that point. Yeah, right? men and women are different, and yeah. this is a this is a phenomenal thing that God yes. has done. Yeah. So yeah. why yeah. people want to erase this and do away with it just baffles me. If it wasn't a big blessing yeah. and for our greatest good, He wouldn't have designed right. it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is you know another discussion for another time. But just with the whole you know gender and sexual ideology you know that's being pushed out there, it's just. Like, is there any greater way to give God the finger than to say, like, you got this yeah. wrong, and uh, and, it, and it's not good? Um, I know. think that's people don't think to think of it that way, but that's they exactly what it is. It is. This is, is your desire and your design. Oh yeah, well, yeah. watch this. Yeah, it's 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 literally. I'm, I'm going to be whatever whatever I want to be, and yeah. you know, I think it's Keller that talks about that. <clears throat> he talks about like a fish is designed to survive in water, and when the fish gets out of the water. Uh, it won't survive, and yeah. so he said, kind of the key to life is is having like the good good and right boundaries. They're helpful, and, it, and it's you know we survive that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we look at sometimes God's good design as being restrictive, uh, but it's not. God meant, meant it for human flourishing. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's really just a fundamental problem with God. It, it's unbelief and yeah. and the fact that that we're we're against God, like right. we, we hate Him. And so this it's Romans one is the reason yeah. why we can look at you know the way we're made or the way yeah. someone else is made and go that sucks. Right. That's completely wrong. Um, and then you know blame him for it and then take it upon ourselves to fix it. Yep. So, well, look yep. at that. We got through the hard one. Now let's let's take. Actually, it's down. funny because take we didn't. One now, yeah, no. Maybe. Let's go to the easy one. This is going to be a good one. Let's go to let's go to Mark three. So the synoptics, every one of them, kind of records this next one. Um, I think we'll do the Mark three one. And uh, 
it doesn't really have the, the front of it here. What happens is, uh, I think Luke and Matthew both put it there where uh, there's a mute uh, dude that can't speak. He has a demon. Jesus casts out the demon. And, uh, and the dude talks. And that's a whole other subject. We probably should talk about that one. Are our physical ailments <laughs> demonic possessions? They could be. Okay. They could be. So they don't always have to be. Later in an episode yeah. of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that one. That one's way above my pay grade. So uh, so anyway, he comes. He, he casts out this demon. The mute starts talking. And then uh, we pick up here um, in Mark chapter 3, verse 22. The scribes came down from Jerusalem and were saying he's possessed by Beelzebub. He meaning Jesus. Jesus. So they're, they're saying uh, as a result of what Jesus just, just did that he's he's possessed by Bills above the prince of demons, he casts out demons. And uh, he called to them and said to them, uh, uh, Jesus that is, uh, and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. We just alluded to that. Verse 26, and if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end, but no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, for they were saying he has an unclean spirit. So this is one of those like passages, I don't know how many times you guys over the years of pastoring or ministering have been asked by somebody at some point, okay, I got a question for you, pastor, like, what's the unforgivable and the unpardonable sin? This, otherwise, what this is known as the unpardonable sin. It can never be forgiven. It's an eternal sin. This is all scary language and it all causes us to... Or they think they've committed it. Like, yeah. Or the, well, I, got, so, I got mad at God and I said something and, right. and now I think I've just... Blowing the whole thing. So I want to. I want that's. So the question is, what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or the unpardonable sin, um, and what are some people's thoughts on that? Like, what have you guys heard or thought this sin is? Yeah, I think one guy comes to my mind immediately with what you just said. That uh, you know, kind of the weekly visit from this guy that was part of our fellowship years ago. He would come. I I, I committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit again. You know, and he just his whole life was just this constant worry. That, that he's been cut out from the kingdom of God and he was really concerned about it uh, and he just could not get past the fact that you know whatever he did during the week was was the unpardonable thing you know yep. whatever he said his anger at God you know for his life circumstances and it was just this ongoing conversation you know weekly for months I did it again yeah I guess I'm out yeah <laughs> and it was yeah that, that's just that's where my mind went when you said that so I actually do the, I do the same thing as far as me is like whatever sin I'm in that is just like taken me through the ringer that I have not been able to go to the cross with that's just yeah. condemning me um, that's absolutely the one that is going to keep me out of heaven that yeah. can't be forgiven God can't forgive this one well you get to that idea <laughs> yeah. of like you know, how many times is he going to just forgive me over exactly and over and over for, for the same thing yeah right and um, yeah so know. it's a challenge with understanding grace you that know part, is, yeah. is what makes us go oh yeah that's me right like, and there's, then there's of course no there's the, the biggies like suicide that i think people that, that's been taught um, yeah, that sure that's, that's the sin that can't be forgiven it's, i think that's the one i've heard more than any you being yeah. a catholic yeah. we're probably actually taught that yeah. yeah how in the world do we does anybody get that out of this text well i don't i don't think they get i don't think i don't know how they get it from this text honestly, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, su- the idea of suicide is, is this right. idea that you've you know um the thing that is most precious that god has given you is your life uh-huh. um if you're a christian you know you're filled with the Holy Spirit, temple of the Holy Spirit, and, yeah. and then you take your own life, that just can't be forgiven. It's, right. it's, it's probably it's, from the Catholic standpoint, like you can't you know, be absolved of that yeah. if that's kind of your yeah, final, you can't, you can't exit the world that way. Yeah. 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 How are you going to go get absolution after, you know, once you've yeah. done that, you can't. It's, it's all those kinds of things. But where they, it's just not in this text at all right. where that would come from. And I would say uh, the suicide is not, you know, I don't recommend it, but it's not the unpardonable sin. Right? Not only is it not the unpardonable, this is going to be a controversial statement, not only is it not the unpardonable sin, but I, like I, I would actually argue that taking someone else's life is probably worse than taking your own. They're both murder, you know. Yeah. One is, one is you know taking someone else's life. One is taking your own. They're they're both yeah. bad. Right. But like, yeah. anyway. And both can be forgiven. Yes. Because of the yeah. work on the cross. Yes. Again, not not encouraging it in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
that's not what's being talked about here, I don't believe. So what in the heck is being talked can, can we even know what this means? Because it's, it, it, it's almost like people act like this can't be known or like the text doesn't say. And it, it sure seems like the text actually says what it is. In fact, yeah. it's known as the unpardonable sin because Jesus uses that phrase in, in one of the accounts. And then he uses this other phrase, which is actually saying what it is, which is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's actually what the unpardonable <coughs> sin is, is the blas- is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So then the question becomes, what's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? And again, does this, does this text well, help us? Well, you know, attributing the works of God to Satan yeah. is what is what they were doing. They were, they were seeing these things that Jesus done, had yeah. done, um, really irrefutable yeah. miracles and acts of God, and then they were saying, no, this is this is the work of Satan. So that's that's how they were blaspheming. Um, I, for me, on this one, I think we have to. There, there's definitely something that's implicit in what's being talked about here that's not explicit. This is going to be my next question. Okay. <laughs> oh no, go ahead. Well, I think you, you, rather than come here and try to come up with an understanding of yeah. how we can lose our salvation or, or what you know how, how we can mess this up, right. you have to have a, a, a bigger soteriology than what we're just sure. reading here. You, you've got to look at the whole of Scripture right. and, and and understand right. how we're saved. Um, and then come to this with that understanding kind of already in your tool belt right, or, or, you'll, or you'll get kind of <coughs> spun out of control. Sure. Right. So. But the actual it. answer does seem to be here. It, it's, yeah. it's almost so natural in in the narrative that we miss it. But well, He calls it an, an eternal sin. Yeah. And so I, I think what we can draw from that, it's not a like, you know, one time you said the wrong thing or thought the wrong thing and, and now you're hosed. Mm. You know, I, I don't think it's that. Right. You know, God, God can handle our anger, and God, I think, can handle our doubts. I mean, just read the Psalms. Mm. You know, and David. You know, like God can handle those kinds of things, and God can handle you know the moments that we might be shaking our fist at Him mm-hmm. and, and questioning things and asking why, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that. So, so the fact that it's an eternal sin leads me to think that that you know, as they're attributing the works of God to Satan, that it's it's a position of the heart okay. that, that refuses to believe in God. Okay. So one of the one of the most popular ones that I've heard of what it is is sounds very generic and sounds very like, yeah, whatever. But so it's unbelief, right? Um, would that be valid I in what so. you're saying? I think okay. So. Okay. Because they're actually believing that he's a minister of Satan performing what he's performing through the work of Satan. And if you were to boil that down, they're not believing that he is who he says he is right. and that he came from God. So I, mean, I, I think that unbelief is the only sin that is unpardonable. That's okay. the only sin yeah. that can't be forgiven. Yep. And yep. I think yep. that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing a commitment to unbelief. Yes. On, on, and again, I like that a commitment to Well, unbelief. because they, they were yeah. doing this. It wasn't the first time they said he had a demon. For they sure. kept saying it over and over and over again. They kept seeing the clear works of God and are refusing to believe it. And, and it kind of reminds me of Pharaoh yeah. a little bit, if you think back to kind of the way that went down. Um, there's no mistake in what was going on here. Um, and yet this guy was hardened his heart, hardened his heart, hardened his heart. And it got to a point where God said, you know what? This is, you know, you've gone too far. There's a tipping point now where I'm going to harden your heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I, see, I kind of feel like that's what we're seeing here happen. It's yeah. Jesus saying, you know what, guys? Enough. Yeah. What you've done here, it's not going to be forgiven. Yeah, you don't come back. And, and he can do that, by the way. You know, we we have a hard time with this because we don't understand the heart. And, you know, Jesus knows exactly right. what's going on. He knows that these guys are never going to turn right. from this commitment of disbelief. Do you believe that they, they could, though, right? They, they could turn, or they... That they could? No, I don't believe okay. they could. Okay. I, believe, I mean, right now, I believe all of us can. I mean, I guess what I would say is, is it possible to repent of this sin? Um, if there's a desire to repent, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but, the, but there's that's not the case that here. Comes from God. You know? They didn't have any desire to turn from this at all. Yeah. Now that's what people would say. Well, I think I might have done this, and they want to repent from it. Well, you have a desire to repent from it. That means yeah. that that you can't. Do it. Yeah. The, these these guys had no. They were not going to budge an inch on this sure. as far as who Jesus was. They sure. committed to this yeah. dis, this unbelief, and he knew For it. Sure. Well, so the, to your yeah. earlier point, like so, your soteriology matters, and so yeah. you know mm-hmm. we can approach this. In the, in the you know the thinking that you know it, like God's taken away something from us mm-hmm. you know in you know, sinners being condemned to eternal punishment, mm-hmm. or our starting point can be like I deserve this and, and you know in going to heaven God's giving me something you know a gift and you know gift of grace that's glorious and, and all that and, and so your starting point how you think about these things kind of, kind of matters and, for sure and, and I don't think we you know we wouldn't subscribe to the idea that you know God is taking something something away from us and missing out on heaven that it's right. it's the position of the human when we enter the world. No doubt, you know, condemned as, as sinners. No doubt, um, and and this is you know, people like the way you put just you know committed to unbelief. Yeah, 
So it, it's um, so it's fair to say from the information we have here and in the other accounts that the unpardonable sin, in its context, in what's actually happening and what he's who he's responding to and why, is them looking at the works of God specifically and calling it the works of Satan. And the reason they're doing that is ultimately because of unbelief. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. think, I think what you're seeing is you have the unwillingness to believe and the way that that's manifested yes. is in, in, in the fact that they're saying, this is not God, this is Satan. Uh, it, just, it just means they, yes. yeah. you know, they don't see it, they're not going to see it any other way. Yes. So um, it's a byproduct of their unbelief. There you go. I guess I would yeah. say. Cool. Well, gee, that was that was just easy. <laughs> well, I think I think it's by the way, a lot of people will go to like First John. I think it's chapter three or chapter four, where they're talking about not not praying for this one brother in the church because if he's he's committed a sin that is worthy of death, right. it's not the same thing. That's capital crime if you go look at it. So it's speaking about a non-believer under civil authorities that broke the law and deserves the death sentence. That like anyway, you can go look at that, but because right. people try to pull a couple other things and go, this is the same thing. Yeah, it's like no, it's not the same thing. So. I think it's important when we talk about the way we present the gospel to people. Um, you know, we say if you um, believe in your heart that God raised, or if you confess that Jesus is yes. the Lord, believe in your heart that raised God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Unless, and have you ever, have you ever blasphemed the Holy Spirit? And it's like well, I think maybe I have. Well, sorry. So deals deals done. So this is the difference, you don't right? See this everywhere. Yeah. Here's where you can go. Is like so. So we know that what these guys are doing is they're looking. They're 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 actually uh, witnessing. Uh, the power and the working and the movement and the effects of God, of the Spirit of God, and they're going, that's Satan, not God. Yeah. Okay? That's what they're doing. So if blasphemy of the Holy Spirit cannot be forgiven because you look at something and go, that's not of God, we ha- I, I, I've always thought, like, dude, what if I've been looking at some of, like, the Pentecostals and some of, like, the weird, the weird kooky-lookies that go on in the church and the things they do, and, I, right. and I've been calling it the, the work of Satan, and it's actually God. <laughs> like, I can't be forgiven now, dude. I've committed it. We do this all the time. We, we, see, we see something go down in nature, or we see something happen in a, in a, in a certain country or something, and, and some people will say, that's the work of Satan. Right. And some people say, no, that's the work of God. Yep. And we don't know. So we'd be committing it all the time if that's all it was. Right. Right. Absolutely would. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And again, there's a couple of verses I think would be helpful. One yes. is, is John three thirty six. It says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see right. life for God's wrath remains on him. And ultimately, and that's what we're yeah. seeing. Rejecting and, and it remains on him because that's yes. the starting point. Yes. Exactly. Right. And, then, and then, of course, a hopeful verse, John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So, so these guys weren't coming to Jesus right. in repentance, believing that he was the Son of God. They, they, they didn't believe. Right. They were unbelievers. But anybody that comes to him believing, he won't turn away. Right. And yep. so we don't have to worry about that. So if you have this this worry in you that somehow you've blown it in your relationship with God and you want to repent, you think I can't. That, that's not the fact that you even want to do this. That you that you have belief in the first place. You don't have to. This is right. kind of means you're not doing what this is happening here. Because people still say, "Can this be done today?" I've heard people say, "No, this was something that was unique to that particular time." Well, you know, I, these I've people thought here, about that. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a guy that used to teach this. These these guys had more divine light given to them than anybody else, and they should have known exactly that this right. was their Messiah. And what they did is something that can't be duplicated. It, it had to, you know, it was a right. specific set of circumstances of this particular time. Right. But unbelief can still happen today. Yeah. Well, unbelief and, definitely and, does. And, and we yeah. see that, yeah. you know, yeah. the idea of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, what took place here, maybe that. That exact thing may exactly. not be able to happen. It's interesting again. to think about. But the unbelief part, you know, yes. um, we see Romans 1, you mentioned it a minute ago. Yep. There's no excuse. Nope. Everybody should come to the conclusion that there is a God, yep. that he's, you know. Well, we talked about even with gender, how, how we'll, we'll look at things that, that God has done and say, that's bad. Right. You know what I mean? That, that's really what we're talking about. Yep. You know what I mean? Whether it's gender or whether it's like whatever. What, whatever God has ordained into the, and put into the, the creative order that we disagree with and then get angry with and then turn away from and rebel against, this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. basically. And it all comes back to unbelief. So, yeah. so there. So, so easy. <laughs> so simple. Okay, one more quick subject. Um, before oh, bonus, bonus subject, huh? Yeah. Are there any parting words on that? I think you guys did a good yeah. job. That was pretty slick. Um, our live streams, uh, we've changed a little bit, right? Um, on, sun, on Sundays. No, dude. It, I, w- I wanted to give them an update on, on oh, the changes right. and why yeah. we're making the changes. Okay. So. 
Some days are going to look a little different. So. Well, they've been, you mean, we've been doing it for a while now, and I, I actually did announce it in both locations. Oh, okay. Um, so I think people already know, oh, okay. but, but just in case they don't. Well, there could be some distant people like Don or yeah. people that are going to start going, what, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, well, well, it's tuned in today. By that's the way. true. Hi, Don. Yeah, well, you may have noticed it. So the way we, we decided basically that on Sundays we're going to continue to live stream for now the way we have been, the whole service in both locations. Live. 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 Well, as it's going on, actually right? on Sunday it stays that way because we don't okay. we don't change it till Monday morning. Okay. So yeah. you you basically you know we would encourage people to tune in live um, if you miss it and you're an hour late it'll be there for a little bit. But on Monday we go back and edit them to where it's only the sermon. So we cut out the music, which the music, even though it sounds great when you're you know live here, yeah. it doesn't translate it doesn't well translate to the video. Right. Uh, we don't have the technology. Yeah, we just don't have the technology yep. to make it sound right. There's a lot of churches that do. It sounds yep. professional on your TV, and we don't have the multiple the multiple camera angles. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And then we have the praise and prayer time, which is also pretty personal stuff that people are sharing, and, and really shouldn't exist and live on YouTube forever. So we decided to condense it down to just the sermon. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what will be available, um, you know, from from basically Sunday night Monday. So there's certain on. things on on Sundays that were. You know, praise and, or yeah, praise and prayer time being one of them. That right. What goes on in the walls stays in the walls. It's just better. Right. So well, it is weird because I think being in that room, you feel like you're you're in a personal, you know, intimate kind of an environment, you and you're not really thinking about the you fact get that, caught up that in this it. is yeah. sure. going out. So we yep. say things sometimes about maybe yep. family members we're concerned about or prayer yep. requests that we have that we probably wouldn't say if if you know we knew it was going out on the internet. So okay. Yeah. So anyway, we're trying to kind yeah, of yeah, the other reason is like just be here on Sunday. Actually, just show up that on, is on another Sunday reason. because there's no no replacement. It's been a blessing being here over the last right. couple of years with COVID, right? For us to be able to, um, right. you know, stay stay in contact and get that kind of experience. Um, but it's 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 over now. <laughs> so we we praise <laughs> God that it's that it's done what it's done through that time. Um, but there's no replacement for for showing up. Yeah. So it's and fair to say we struggle with we do. whether we keep it going or, or end it because it seems like and it, don't take this the wrong way I don't know how to well take it the wrong way uh, we don't want to reward bad behavior and there are people that should be in church that aren't yep. and and if the live stream is what's keeping them from coming like are we doing a disservice by keeping that going right, right. but then we also recognize there are people out there that that this is a bit of a lifeline to yep. them and, and Dawn is probably a good yeah. example of that For somebody sure. that you know is in Florida right now and uh, this is still her church in many ways. She hasn't been able to plug into another one because of circumstances there. And what a gift, you know, what a blessing that is for us to be able to do that for somebody like her. Sure. Uh, so it's it's just something we wrestle with, we're praying about. And then the sermon, of course, like there's there's never really um, there's never really a negative side to, to broadcasting the gospel, right? Correct. Right. So like it's it's okay for that sermon to continue to go online and, and reach as far as God wants it to right. reach. Uh, but yeah, praise and prayer, um, the actual time of, of, of song and lifting our voices in song, that, that's stuff that just come and be a part of that experience. Yeah. So. I saw the most ridiculous thing on Facebook this morning in my feed. No, you didn't. I did. And it was... On I Facebook? Mean, I mean, it's, it, was, it was actually Ridiculous sad. like Facebook. Right. Yeah. I know those two things don't often go together, but it did today. And this actually it was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, you know, like I'm not joking when I say ridiculous. And it was a graphic that said... Something like really the exact word, but something in the fact like you're in danger of going to hell unless you sign up for our online church. Oh, dude, oh. I saw that. I saw that too. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. No, I, don't, was, I just kind of scrolled through it. Was a real church? Here. It was a real church flyer that that I think uh, somebody we all follow posted. Oh. No, it was it was a legit thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It was harsh. It, it, the, there's this yeah, idea talk about the unparkable you know, the people you know, like churches will put out you to know, be a part of our online fellowship or our online church and like that doesn't that's not even a thing. No, it's not. You know, it, the church has to gather. Right? You know, that's one the of the cool of things. The one of the cool things, like when I'm in, uh, when I'm here or when I'm in Lapine, I don't I miss out what's going on at the other location. And yeah. So I, I will catch up in. that way. I'll hear the announcements. I'll hear the praise and prayer time. You can hear the sermon. You know, you, you, you feel like you didn't miss out on some of it. Sure. That's, that's kind of cool. Sure. But it's not the same as being there. It's not the same. Right. Not, not even close. Right. It's and not so, It's not a substitute. No, I don't feel like I went to church in Lapine on the days that I'm not there or when I'm not there. Right. I didn't. I, didn't. I just tuned in and I caught some of it and I'm blessed by it. Totally. <clears throat> but it's not the same thing as being with the people in there. And, and it's um, if, you, if you've kind of bought into that idea, you, you're settling for a very cheap substitute of mm -hmm. the real thing. Right. And, and we miss you, and you're benefit, you know, you'll benefit from coming, and we'll benefit from you being here. Absolutely. That's just the way the church is. So, 
Awesome. In the, in the words of Bob Newhart, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> if you don't know what that first. is, Google Bob Newhart, stop it. You will thank us later. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, anything else before that was a good bonus question. shut her down? I, I just <laughs> thought, you know, update, whatever. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. That is good. We're good? Yeah. All right, let me pray. Lord God, thank you again for today. Thank you for your word, which uh, guides us into all truth, which points north. We thank you for our wives. We thank you for women. We thank you for for females and and roles and gender. Um, We thank you for what's added um, by the the diversity uh, that you've included. And so uh, help us to honor that, God. Help us to to hold that up and esteem that the way that, uh, that you do. Uh, We thank you for uh, grace uh, being enough to forgive us and purge us and cleanse us once for all of all of our sins, God, uh, through faith. And so we thank you for those gifts that you uh, give out, Lord, and the security uh, that comes with um, being gifted by faith. Uh, We thank you for the church, God. Pray that uh, we would we would never get comfortable with or in the mindset of forsaking the gathering. Uh, together, which is your prescription for it, which um, builds us up and, and benefits us in every way, God. So help us not to, to fall into a, a, a snare or a trap of, uh, of any cheap substitutes there. And, uh, and thank you for uh, the day, even the snow. <laughs> we thank you for another day in your graces, God, and, and your mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Yeah, if you do have uh, suggestions for us, we would, we would welcome that. And even if you're uh, blessed or encouraged by any of this, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to know that, that that's going on. So, or if you have any additions or additional questions or whatever to yeah. some of what we're discussing, if there's something we didn't articulate well or unpack well or that, or that we missed or you're curious about. Send it. Yeah. Yep. All right. right. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.